Hello and welcome to the Commerce Journey Podcast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here with my partner, Corey Miller. Hey, Corey. Hey. We're, we're talking about uh, building a tribe today. Before we do, you might want to build your e-commerce website, and you should do it with our partners at GoDaddy Pro. All you have to do is go to commercejourney.com slash go. Commercejourney.com slash go, and you get a incredible deal. Three months for $1, essentially to beta test GoDaddy Pro. You get your e-commerce website set up. Hundreds, maybe maybe $1,000 plus worth of extensions. I mean, a hilarious amount of software Easily. included in that three-month bundle and then very affordable prices after that. They've been getting amazing feedback from people enjoying that product, and we are so thrilled to consistently partner with them because it's the cheapest way – Without sacrificing quality. It is an excellent way to get your e-commerce website up and running um, on secure infrastructure using WooCommerce and all the extensions included with GoDaddy Pro. It's an amazing tool. Go to commercesharing.com slash go to check that out. Corey, today we're talking about building your tribe or occult following, true fans. We've heard, you know, this is a thing that's been talked about um, a lot over the years amongst marketers and, and and folks, but why is this important for our, you know, startup e-commerce businesses? Any business that wants to um, have longevity and grow and do great and have enduring value uh, and lasting value, I believe, should build a customer cult. People that love what you do so much need what you do so much that if you were to leave and not exist anymore as a business that they would really really miss you like there'd be a big gap and they have realized what do we gain from that like we want people to buy from us but what do we gain by someone and i guess it's really the experience of either looking forward to buying or uh after buying you know having this feeling so what what do we gain from that um in a business sense uh as the business owner the entrepreneur yeah or uh loyalty i mean it's the big thing that we all want like you know at commerce journey here or post status or other project together we want people to to love what what we're doing to continue to renew or subscribe or continue to show up for our webinars you know all that kind of stuff so loyalty i mean if you if you ask a bunch of entrepreneurs would you want customer loyalty everybody's gonna like rock it up real quick yeah so what we do me 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 but what we get numbers wise from that are we're gonna get more repeat purchases we're gonna probably get them to spend more per uh cart experience or whatever you know like each checkout uh more dollars and then uh another big one that i think and i i think about this consistently with tv shows because it's just a, a common thing we talk about with friends but the evangelism for our brand right oh like, yeah if someone's truly loves it if they're truly satisfied with the product then if it ever comes up even remotely like maybe they're wearing your product if it's some kind of clothing or it's something they use in their day-to-day they want to they will evangelize the things they love and when we create that true fan they will help us do kind of this multiplier marketing because they'll tell the people around them and near them that they love the product so that's essentially saving us a lot on our marketing budget because we're reaching the appropriate customers, which is the circles around our primary customers. 
Yeah, uh, you probably see it in Alabama, similar to what I see in Oklahoma, but a lot of trucks or cars with <laughs> yeah. stickers on the back uh, windows. And, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma, big rural-based type states, you know, you see a lot of hunting logos. So Yeti is big. Uh, Browning, which I, I believe is a gun, yeah, it's a gun company. Um, you know, you see those logos, then you see uh, Apple, you know, mm-hmm. the little Apple. Apple's logo on the back of cars. I mean, that that is high level what you're talking about evangelism. That is like the best marketing you can do is when for free, you will willingly stamp your car with something that's going to be hard to take off and probably like make a mess if you take it off because those people identify with what you're doing. Yeah. And like that's what every business owner should want and particular e-commerce because there's always somebody, you know, the Amazons of the world are out there with e-commerce or some competitors always out there. For me, Brian, I, I mean, you saw me as I built my software company over 10 years. I felt like loyalty, this type of building the tribe was my competitive advantage against really, really big companies with millions, if not billions of dollars to crush me potentially. Yeah. All right. So you, you brought a couple out that it just makes me think of different types of loyalty because people may think you know i am just not really creating a product that people like a yeti that people are gonna say like man i just i, I first I'm, I'm really into keeping stuff cold and hot <laughs> you know? uh and but it's like that lifestyle brand type of vibe or you know maybe a polo shirt like kind of the historical one for clothing um they may not think that they're that that's the type of loyalty they they receive there are a couple other types of loyalty, and they come from um, just pure appreciation of the product, whether it's the affordability, the ease of use, the convenience. Um, a company like Walmart is one that comes to mind. You mentioned Amazon is another. I'm not putting Prime stickers or you know, Publix is a local grocery store that I love. Like, I'm not putting a Publix sticker on my car. But I do have some loyalty to Publix as being our, you know, the grocery store in our neighborhood, and you know I can talk well about them or whatever. But that's not put a sticker on. But it is recommend to your friends. Like mm-hmm. this is, I get great value from. I, I mentioned Walmart, uh, Target's an even better one. Like people kind of attach to the stores that they love to the, yeah, even when they're not like. They're not like sexy from that branding, put a sticker on your car <laughs> point of view, but they do have a loyalty. They might drive five minutes further to go to a Target than they would, you know, some, uh, some other store. Um, or they may, I may talk about how much I love Amazon Prime for the convenience, yeah. but I'm not going to put the little smile sticker on my car or anything. So, yeah, me, me either. Yeah. So, how do you view the uh, that difference between? types of loyalty and how it's expressed because i'm trying to equate like this can apply to anyone it doesn't have to be like some glamour brand it totally can apply to every business i mean not that my friend's manufacturing business he does refrigeration units basically for commercial buildings like a walmart um no one's gonna necessarily put their logo on there but you just said something they'll talk well about it to other people and that's what like at the basis you want it's all you need at the end of the day totally high level of that is i mean we come from the wordpress we met from wordpress community an amazing piece of software that we use prolifically um have a community around it first time i thought man this is hit high level with wordpress is when i saw somebody with a tattoo i knew you were going to say that yeah i remember a couple of tattoos that came in the wordpress space and 
Um, you know, sometimes people will do that because they have a loyalty because it helped them make money. It became their line of business. Others because they love something as as a user, and it just kind of depends. Um, but now take take you said Yeti for a second, okay? So I've got I love Yeti mugs. Yeah, I've never bought an ice chest. Probably likely will not just because I'm not like an ice chest kind of person. But I freaking love my Yeti, man. We have bought customized uh, logos like for my wife's business, yeah, and different things, and given them out as gifts because like we love them. Now I would be tempted to put a Yeti logo on my my back window if I didn't put our own brands. By the way, yeah. our own brands is the best. Um, but you think about it; it's an ice cooler. It keeps your food cold. When you can't be on a plugged-in refrigerator. I think I like mentioning Yeti just because it's so crazy. Like, it's a, there's some weird stuff that people will attach to in terms of um, uh-huh. enabling that lifestyle brand to to be a part of their life. But if you actually think about what it is, it's like really that yeah. like that. Uh, you know, I I can imagine I can picture it in some things like if there's a consumable that you love, right? Like. You're just a really big fan of your local brewery or something like that, or like a yeah. like you're a Coke person over a Pepsi person. You know, um, I can imagine like those types of things more. But keeping like something that's so utilitarian, that is proof to me that almost any brand can like find a way to create it because they they managed to establish that community by creating an excellent product first. And, you know, I, I went to Auburn, huge tailgate community in the SEC, and I think that's probably where Yeti really established themselves is with people that were like, man, this is great, you know, it keeps the beers cold all day or, uh, or you know, on a hunting trip, like we pack up the, you know, uh, what, we, what we killed and we took it home and it was preserved perfectly, well, whatever, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a hunter for being in Alabama. Same here. I was going to say hunting. Really, yeah. The I culture, the here hunting space, the t- you know, the tailgating yeah. space, the beachgoers, like people that they actually derive proper value from that utility component of the product that carries into the lifestyle side of things. But they had to, they had to work on that. They had to curate that in their business. It wasn't just given to them. No, I people showed up because I think they delighted. My assumption would be they delighted customers. And they gave them something to identify with. Like you said, utilitarian. I think sh- hardcore utilitarian. That resonates within me. I don't hunt or fish. I mean, if I do, I, I have a guide come with me to help <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, or my brothers and dad. But, you know, um, but Yeti resonates with me because it's so utilitarian. Like, this is a pretty looking mug. I love it. Yeah. Um, but I could recreate this logo, Brian. You and I could recreate this logo right here. It's like it must be some form of either Helvetica or Aerial Black or something. Yeah, but I could do that in like two minutes. Yeah, there's not Canva. much to it. But they have found something, like you said, you said lifestyle, and that really resonates with me. Identity and lifestyle. This is a part of the lifestyle, just like the browning thing on the sticker. And I think that's the one with the deer. I can't even remember now. Yeah, I think uh, so. But they've identified with it, same as what you're wearing on your head right now. Yeah. I know that I don't golf. Yeah. But I know that's the Masters logo. Yeah. Um, um uh, you know, people ask me about this hat all the time. I wear this hat. I like the Masters. I do play golf, but like I uh I wear this hat because it's a great fitting hat. Like it just I love the, you know, the proper fitted hat. It's high quality and it also comes with a high quality brand. Like 
you know, when people generally think about the masters, they're like, oh, you think of, you know, the tradition and the history and the, um, the experience of the masters. You think of it as a premium experience. And this gets me into the next segue into creating that loyal uh, following. I think there's two big realms, and I want to see if you, where you, where you think it could go beyond that maybe or, or just agree, whatever. Um, one, quality of the product, quality of the brand, quality of the event, yeah. whatever that is. With all the things we've talked about so far, they're, they, the ones that people really go for, the Apples, the Yetis, the Masters, they love the quality is forefront. Secondary, very, but sometimes for some companies, all on its own, like kind of stands out in this regard, is going to be quality of service, uh, the actual customer service itself. And we have a lot of potential beasts with Amazon, right? But they, before they put their sellers, a lot of our people are going to be, you know, potential sellers on Amazon. They put before their sellers, they put before their employees, they put before even their bottom line, they put the customer experience first. And actually a company, mm-hmm. a company that I think of, it's the shoe company. Is it Zappo? Am I th- imagining that? Yeah. Okay. They acquired Zappo and it was almost like a miniature Amazon, but specifically for shoes with the very mm-hmm. same idea. It's like, send them back. Like yeah. guaranteed. Patagonia is another one that does this. And those yeah. are these are service based. It's like, do you have an issue? You send it back. We take care of it right away. No questions asked. Um, and that is a it's like a three click process getting a refund on some of those. And I think that quality of service goes a long way towards creating that loyalty as well. So what what do you think about those two? And where would you expand? Quality is. You know, things I wrote down here when you're talking about quality, either a product or and or um, service like your Zappos mm-hmm. is quality is table, table stakes. Yeah. When you go above and beyond on that, like a Zappos, you delight people, you know, and that's so key. So, you know, it takes me back first eight months of my business, my former software business. Um, I answered support and all contact inquiries to the company for the first eight months by myself. Um, incredible time, by the way, of learning about customers and oh, what yeah. they want, what they need, how to massage your messaging, how to rough out, you know, sand out the rough edges. But um, what that did for me, what what I did, and I kind of meant this from a friend of mine in the business, is I responded as fast as I could. When I got the email, I clicked reply. That was the first year, by the way, that Apple iPhone was out, so I could do it on my phone if I was out at lunch or something. Yeah. But I made it like part of those first eight months, like, Zing, 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 fast, 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 fast. And that definitely made it stand out. I can't untold probably reply saying, I didn't expect for you to get back to me this fast. Think about that in today's environment. Yeah. Any website you go to, you hit, you do an email in the contact form and you get a reply like in five minutes. I would be shocked. You know, I'd be, I'd be like, whoa, I didn't expect it that fast. It's so that still stands the quality, but plus wanting that is huge. Um, but I think about like, what are the ways, you know, some of these companies serendipitously ended up with these kind of cult followings, but what are the ways where I can delight, um, anticipate for my customers um, what their needs and get ahead of that and serve them supremely well? But still, that's a hard one. You, you want to excel with uh, product quality and service and support quality for sure. That's table scale. 
tapes. But I lean into other things too. How can you sync? Like you're kind of talking about masters. You, you your language around that, by the way, is so interesting because you can tell like you've got an attachment to that. What I think is a golf tournament. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's key. That has resonated. That's the next word I'd probably use. Delight people, and then find the things that resonate within your brand, your cause. Like I think companies should should champion causes. Now mm. I'm not saying you should just go out of left field and say I want to support this political thing. I think it should like align with who your customers are and who you are, and beat that drum, shine yeah. the spotlight. We've talked um, about that with Tom's shoes before. How they mm-hmm. they went in on. Is it a good shoe? Maybe like people enjoyed them. They liked the style. It obviously got people in the door, but what really resonated when it came to being a evangelist for Tom's shoes, it was the one for one. It was buy a pair, give a pair. And that is, that's what connected. And that was their cause. And your cause does not have to be giving away 50% of your products, but that's an example of an extreme and, and used to, um, bring the brand forward and create that cult following. Another, go ahead. When, when you can just again, we've talked about this a lot because it's it's so core to on really really good entrepreneurship and building lasting enduring companies. But when you can align with someone's identity, their lifestyle, like you said earlier, um, this is so key uh, because you connect on that level. I think about, I know everybody gives the Apple references, but we talk about these stickers on the back of trucks and stuff. When I see those, I look at the car, I look at the person inside, and I make some judgments. And I think to myself, (laughs) okay, why? Why do they have the sticker? That's because something along, let's say, Apple's core values or way of operating in the world, and their ethos is huge, right? It's think different. It's, you know, having the power right now to create things, you know, that I could have created 10 years ago. But they've tapped into the identity and that lifestyle that says, this is me. I'm an Apple person. Same with Harley. That's the other flip side. If I go on the other side of the, you know, contrast is Harley for years um, nailed identity and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I was reading about in this book, amazing book called The Power of Cult Branding um, about, you know, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Now I like his songs, but you, we, when I say Jimmy Buffett, that probably strikes in you a set of person. There's demographics attached to it. You probably can see yeah, people. Yeah, like your beach hippie. Like beach hippie. fly by, beach hippie. yeah, beach hippie, hippie, baby boomer is what I think. <laughs> yeah, but but I go, they've tapped into something, he has tapped into something, uh, especially with all of his brands, and it is lifestyle. Like, I work hard, and then I want to go on the I want to live the island life, and uh, I want to get away, I want some quiet, you know, corona. Uh, the beer has tapped into that too. Find your island kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's an escape, but it's all about attached to identity and lifestyle. And yeah. if we bring this down to our people, our tribe at Commerce Journey, it's find every way you can to latch into that identity to build your tribe to say this is where you are welcome. This is who you can be exactly who you are, as weird as it is. So another <laughs> one of the ways to create this loyalty, I think that. Uh, we've used some with post status. Uh, when I think of the masters, I think of it. I know you don't know all the details of how that works, but, uh, and I also see this in some e-commerce businesses that I'll bring up and it is creating exclusivity. Um, and yeah. the, the masters is an example does this by, they have, you have to 
apply for ticket auctions and there's basically no secondary market. Like it is someone gets tickets and then they give them to their friends, but like getting to the tournament is hard and weird. And if you're outside of the auction process, if you're one of the long-term ticket holders, I think you can like lose your tickets if you're found scalping them or something like that. It's some strange, like some things that essentially make it difficult to get to the masters without winning the lottery or, or whatever. Um, and in addition to that, it's the the premiumness and exclusivity around the tournament more more broadly, uh, for better and worse in some ways and over time. But it creates this like enhanced experience for everyone that gets in, right? Because mm-hmm. they become part of the club. We use that same terminology with post status. We call it the post status club because it's where professionals in our ecosystem go. They pay a little bit to find exclusivity. It's not constant noise. You pay to remove a lot of the noise and increase the signal from a content perspective. Um, And that exclusivity can also be created in brands. And I see this frequently. You guys are doing it with the Vita bars, but I think of it maybe with – I feel like the Stitch Fix was early to this, but doing batches or doing uh, collections. And it's like here's – a thousand pieces. After we sell a thousand pieces, this T-shirt design will never be made again. This uh, this specific pair of boots will never be in production again. Um, get yeah. this trunk full of goods that is a one-time offer, and you're you're getting something that other people will not get. Buy now, yeah. and I think that's a very powerful tool for someone that's selling something to be able to. Uh, yeah. encourage people to actually go through the purchase process. Okay, take what you said. Now let's put it up against this. The characteristics of a tribe. Like, Let's just think about what we know as a tribe. Small group of people or a group of people. They have a name. They have traditions. You just said that with, I mean, you can't say Masters Golf without Tournament. Tradition. A tradition without unlike any other. Yeah, right? I even know that. I don't even play golf, but I know that. (laughs) I even know when the Masters happens, by the way. I know where it is, all that. Except for this year. (laughs) All right. This year just happened, but normally, yeah, everybody knows. It's like that first full week in April. But think about the characteristics of just a tribe. What what we kind of think about a tribe. It's a group of people. There's probably a leader. uh, There's protection. There's safety. There's a way of doing life. And think about applied to everything you just said traditions you know like there's a tradition that they protect there's a sacredness about the masters that you just described you cannot scalp tickets if you do you're you're ejected tribe you go against the norms you're not going to be in the tribe anymore right and these are all human uh, evolutionary characteristics of our you know and sometimes these are used for ill we're not establishing this as always good sometimes it is used in very bad ways um, societally, totally. we go we go south quickly sometimes with these very same yeah. ideas. Yeah, in a e commerce sense, they can be used to pull on people's purchase for strings and for and for building good brands and good companies and hiring people. There are two sides to creating tribes and to creating cults. If you like yeah. a, a cult, it obviously has the potential for negative connotation. I tribe is sexy and trendy. I use cult because I want a visceral reaction. Right. I, that's how I use it. But but like I led what I said privately within our team is like we're building a cult. We yeah. want a good cult. Now, 
but I'd say with the mantra of and the motto of entrepreneurship, which is I believe it's do good, purposeful work for people. Like that that is the exchange, e-commerce. You're exchanging something for something of equal value, you know, and you should do good. You should serve people. You should serve people above board, like really, really well. And if you do that really, really well, you should be paid incredibly well. Do good, do well, uh, handsomely for that. But it starts with doing good and right by people. So that's the caveat to all of this. But, you know, I was thinking about something post-test, for instance. I want to give this as an example because it's really shining a light of how you built it. I've only been here at post-test for the last 11 months. Yeah, Yeah, almost a year now, right? You did it for five years. And I can tell you, you have a cult following. You, You have built a tribe of the influencers in the WordPress ecosystem. If you're someone that does WordPress full-time, what we call the WordPress pro or professional, you need to be here at post status. This is the center of influence where conversations happen. We know our Slack, you know, uh, channel, most, the overwhelming bulk of the conversations are private. Well, this is where they come to connect in between right now. It's even, you know, exaggerated because we don't have in-person meetings. Um, But you built this center of influence, this tribe that everybody goes and we can go to our sponsors and we can say, and almost dictate, here's what the deal is. If you want to be access. And I know you, you've cultivated it because you've led this tribe for six years. Almost you're very protective. Think about the characteristics of the tribe and how you lead it. I know because we're talking about sponsors and you're like, won't even go there. (laughs) won't even talk about this sponsor and i go but they have money and you go won't do it that is again back to this element of a tribe like the leader protects the tribe the leader anticipates the leader thinks okay we got to shift we got to move camp or whatever that is and that's what you've done with uh, process the same can be said in all the good sense of e-commerce businesses same with media bar oh here's the other thing tribes have values Demonstrated values that you don't have to have it hanging on a door to doesn't see. Ha- doesn't have to be a motivational poster. No, <laughs> yeah, it's not a thing that every every time I see a poster with core values, I go, "That's BS." Nobody cares about those. Those are fakes. If I ask somebody within the organization to say, "Look around, describe what you see," that's the core values. Uh, now, I wanted to make the real quick to Vita Bars. She has specific causes, and I know Anna for a long time. Um, but she has specific things that just ring true, and she'll say, hey, I want to do this. From our packaging, by the way, she says – I said, hey, there's a bunch of boxes over there. It's cool seeing all those boxes sacked, knowing they're going to be filled and shipped. She goes, yeah, the manufacturer of that, we're going to go with the new one. And I know this manufacturer. I'm not going to say the brand, but I'm like, this is an ubiquitous brand for boxes. you know? Yeah. And she's like, no, they just don't sync with our values. And I'm like, oh, my God, you live your values, yeah. and you see your comments, and that's part of it. So well, all if you, that if you say, don't, the tribe will notice. They will. Your tribe yeah. calls you out when you do wrong, and that keeps you on the straight and narrow for that same purpose. So true. They can vote you out of office yeah. with, with their dollar, with their pocketbook. So one final thing, and I think this is maybe a test. It's not something you have to go after, but it's something that's going to give you feedback on whether or not you're creating a tribe. Um, and that is by just naturally how it's structured, there will be people who are against your tribe. It's your people yeah. who choose to be the enemy of your tribe. They will, they will just – they will not buy in. You're essentially saying we know we're for a certain – type of person a certain Mm -hmm. profile of 
buyer or fan or whatever. Now that could be a diverse group, but it doesn't. It just means there's a certain, you know, a certain personality that will follow the tribe and a certain that will not. You see this viscerally with Apple mm-hmm. as the strongest, I think, because people love Apple products or they hate them. Like just mm-hmm. mock anyone willing to pay so much money for a laptop or say they just steal Android's best features three years later. You know, like they have mockery galore. That does not mean that Apple is not a successful company. They're the most successful company in the world, yet they've polarized essentially two-thirds of the market against them. Um, And it's a fascinating thing that you end up seeing there is that by creating a tribe, inherently there will be pushback against that tribe from some. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a a decent weather vane to tell you, are you – are you doing enough to establish your pers- your purpose to identify who you are in the market? Because if you do, not only will you have people that choose to be in, you will have people that choose to be out and make you aware yeah. of it. And we talked about this uh, an episode or two ago about uh, the the mythical monster, and we were really quick to say, like, this doesn't mean like go out against the particular person but i like attacking more like limiting beliefs mindsets outdated mindsets and things like that making those the the adversary um but you're right like you know mac versus pc it called to back to my memory brian those uh episodes those uh commercials you know what i'm talking about yeah the the, guy from it's the nerdy office guy with the drab uh drab shirt looks like he came out of the, the movie exactly. the office and he's, or something. I'm, a, I'm a pc and then the mac guys like the young skinny jeans t-shirt yeah. guy i can't remember who it was that was the actor but they were very clearly yeah saying if you're all buttoned up like yeah. you're not apple that's pc they were labeling um now i think that can get a little bit it can border on the edge of dangerous, you know, where we're never advocating here about discrimination, right? Um, hate speech, racism, anything like that. We're not advocating that at all, but, and they, they weren't, they weren't quite going there, but they were, um, you know, they were creating some boundaries of like, Oh, you're like an office tech guy. No, thanks. You're a hip, you know, young, um, designer or something. It's like, you're our, cool you're our over type. here, not cool over there. Right. It was cool versus not cool. That's what it really was. <laughs> it really was. Um, now, and, I think that can be dangerous. For and big way. companies do that in a whole lot of ways, and sometimes it's not as visible. You know, like I think of another one, Old Spice. They create cult branding around them, but it's like this manliness about it. You know, like if you're not yeah. masculine enough, then maybe you don't qualify for being in the Old Spice tribe. Um, uh-huh. So, but it, people go all kinds of routes, and people will do a lot of things for attention. And the bigger yeah. the brand, the bigger the market, the broader the market, the more you kind of have to dig into that to create conflict in order to establish your tribe. Yeah. I had a thought there, and it just went I'm by. Sorry. But I, I think – no, no, no. With Old Spice and everything, I was kind of harking back to my dad funding his Old Spice and his you know, medicine cabinet <laughs> and stuff. Um but they found something that resonates with people. But I th- oh, this is what I thought: is it's it's merely taking a stand, 
for the things that you as entrepreneur, leader of your e-commerce store and business believe in finding the people that identify with that and resonate with that and saying, you're my people. Um, now in anything we do, we say the only time I discriminate is when you're a butthead as a, a client, you got to you go. get fired. Yeah. You're fired quick. You know, yeah. um, I won't, I won't do that. So I'm inclusive in that sense except for buttheads. If you're going to be an irate, unjustified customer, you have no place here. Go find somewhere else. Yeah. And that's part of your, um, your, your mission statement for what your company is in the first place, which is, and this is what can make a a Corey Miller company different from a Jeff Bezos company as a Jeff Bezos company is they'll handle the buttheads because they are a customer first company, no matter what above, above employer. Whereas um, a Corey Miller company, another friend of our Pippin Williamson, uh, Pippin Williamson mm-hmm. company, y'all are two of the best that I know in terms of being a employee company. This is about the first. company first before the customer, and that is part of yeah. what you set as your 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 table stakes. Like you've talked about before, it's like if we're not serving our people, then we're yeah. not going to be able to serve our customers. If our if there's a customer preventing us from serving our people then we don't want that customer. That's part of your rule set about how you buy, like you said with Anna and her uh, her choice of a vendor. So I want to summarize by a couple of things that if someone's looking to create their tribe, check back how are you handling these things. Number one, mm-hmm. we talked about a commitment to product quality. Now, this does not mean you have to go super high end with every little single decision, but it needs to be um, you need to audit your product, your quality, your product quality, and you need to strive to be best in class and with within your kind of budget, like right? If you're side by side, it doesn't have to be the most expensive, but you want to be best in class for what the, the market you're serving for your product quality. Number two, your service to the best of your ability to provide outstanding quality service. Number three, I think that we talked about is to, um, Maybe create that persona of of your your tribe member. What what do they look like, and how can you um, identify whether you're achieving that or not? And that's by people either joining the tribe or you know maybe even see evidence against it. Right, some pushback against that those decisions. Mm-hmm. Did I did I kind of did I get everything the primary stuff there for how to start working on that tribe? Oh yeah, identity lifestyle. Find the things that resonate, uh, but start with you. You know your core values. I mean, that was, that was going to be my number four, which was should really be probably number two or three. Right. Um, it's establish those core values, write them down because that's going to help you. You take those core values, and then from there, you kind of expand that out to who are the people that fit this, right? So that's where you get that that loyal fan from, that loyal fan persona from, is based on those core values. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Put things out that resonate with you and see what kind of the reverb is. And uh, But pick things that have lasting, long-term value inside you because those are the things you're going to continually drive, push, and focus on and never let go. And they aren't going to be that little facade of a core value sign we talked about. They're going to be things your customers talk about. Awesome. Let's leave it there. Thanks, Corey. I enjoyed this. We want to hear how y'all are working on your tribes let us know in our facebook group at commercejourney.com slash facebook 
Thanks so much to our partners at GoDaddy Pro. Go to commercejourney.com slash go to check them out. If you enjoyed the show, give us a review, a rating, an iTunes, only if it's five stars. Put some words on there too. We love that. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh,